Episode 163 of the PJ Archive is an interview I did with one of the greatest female figure skaters of all time, who was labelled the most beautiful sports star in the world, Katharina Witt. Representing East Germany, Katharina won the gold medal at the Winter Olympics in Sarajevo in 1984 and Calgary in 1988. She was the world champion in 1984, 1985, 1987 and 1988. And she won six consecutive European championships between 1983 and 1988. This interview took place in 1993 in London when Katerina was starring in a Holiday on Ice show. At that time, she was applying for a return to amateur status in the hope of competing in the 1994 Winter Olympics in Lillehammer. She was also gaining experience in commentating, presenting and acting, which she's done a great deal of since. And how fascinating and fun she was to interview. Holiday on Ice, you're over here to do that. Do you enjoy doing Holiday on Ice? Is that something that gives you a thrill? It's holiday. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, I skated with them four years ago. It was the first professional ice show I have done after I finished my amateur career. And I think it was the first time that a skater from... or It was the first time that a skater from East Germany was able to do an ice show, and it was Holiday on Ice, because it was the best-known show mm. in Europe and the world. Do you worry about being taken seriously if you do things like Holiday on Ice? Or is it, is it just very You know, I'll just... The thing is that they mm. came and asked me, I mean, since a long time, that they mm. wanted always me to skate in it. And I have done my own shows in the United States for three years, mm. which was really successful. And we took a break for the show because I didn't want to be on the road for such a long time, you know, because we toured, like, for three or four months mm. in a row. So I wanted to stay home a little bit, and then they came and asked me to do a month here, and I said, yeah, why not, you know, and the exciting thing was for me, because I get bored very easy, you know, when I just do practice at home, so I could do my practice here and skate in front of an audience, so it's sort of a, it's a more interesting thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And besides, I can spend a month here in England, which I really wanted to do and be here and to look around a little bit and do photo sessions. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So you like London? It's one of your favorite places. Well, you know what? I haven't been in, in town yet. I mean, I w I'm here for one month, for one week, but I have been busy. So hopefully, I get the chance. What I want to do, I want to look around a little bit. Like on Tuesday, I go to Stratford upon Avon, you know, and just see things like that. You've been traveling around the world for many years now. Don't you get bored of going to places like this? No, it's actually it's a change because. Like when we toured in the United States, we would be every second day in another city, so you wouldn't be able to see anything. And here to be on one place, it's the good part, you know, you're settled and you can meet people and you start to see something around, to look around and to educate yourself about a town. Well, what's the situation with your skating at the moment? Because we hear you're applying for amateur status again yeah. and wanting to... which has to be decided now in February. Why did you decide to do that? Well, I always need a new challenge in life, you know. I, I don't think you can sit on the success you had in the past. You always have to move forward. And what I have achieved, no one can take away, but you always have to look ahead. And I just needed a new big challenge. I mean, I, st I stopped as an amateur in 88. I've done very much and a lot of successful things as a professional. I did my own tour in the United States. 
did a movie, did different kind of TV special, worked for CBS for commentating at the Olympics, going to work at the Worlds again for NBC. And I'm doing a lot of things, and now beside I'm doing modeling stuff, getting involved in skating projects where I'm involved in the creative side as well. You know, not like here on holiday, I just bring my numbers, which is like a cold spot. I don't have anything to do with the show. And there I'm involved in other projects where I'm the creator as well, you know. But I felt like I'm getting stuck again, and I just wanted to go for something new, which are the Olympics. You know, I mean, for an athlete, there's nothing more than the Olympics. But it's going to be a tough year. But you didn't regret turning professional? Oh, no, 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 not at all. Not at all. I had a great time because I, I felt like there's nothing more to gain in the amateurs when I stopped 88. You know, I just wanted to do different things. And with the whole situation, East Germany and everything, I mean, there was nothing more which could have topped the success I had. So I turned pro because I wanted to do skating on a different level than competing. And I've done it. You know, I did TV things, movie and, and stuff. And So how long are you going to go amateur for this time? Just for the Olympics? You know, you, there's... Yeah, well, you cannot... I mean, the amateurs today... You cannot say they're real amateurs I mean, anymore. They came up with the new rule, <laughs> rule, rule by the <laughs> by the ISU, where they make it easier for amateurs, so they could make money, they could do shows, uh, because skating is an expensive sport, and if you always just are depending on the support by your parents or sponsors, you know, you need to do other stuff. You need to make money with it as well. And I think it's going to be interesting for the amateurs to do shows, to do competitions, and it's all probably going to grow more into each other, which I think is going to be really interesting, you know. How do you think the amateurs feel about you becoming amateur again? I think there are different kind of reactions, you know. Some, they say, well, this is ridiculous what she's doing, and most of them, they say, well, why the hell is she doing this? She achieved everything. She's done everything. And I just think it could be very interesting by professionals and amateurs coming together, you know, or doing stuff together, doing stuff apart, but doing things together as well. And I think the Olympics are there for the best in the whole world, you know. I mean, there is no amateur or professional status. I mean, just look at the Summer Olympics. There's tennis, there's basketball, the Dream Team. I mean, a totally professional team. And, I mean, of course, the amateurs today, like the the women technical they're just brilliant I mean they're really moved forward I mean they're doing things I wasn't doing when I won the Olympics you know do you think you can win it again presumably uh, you wouldn't be you know I'm not going into Olympics and saying I want to win the gold first of all I want to make the team I want to qualify for the Olympics so the nationals are on in December and I'm definitely going to train hard and I'm going to fight for it so my technical abilities come back the same I had in 88 and beside, I think I can offer a lot because I'm a woman. And I think the amateurs who are now the good ones of 15, 16, 18, 19, I think they can learn from us as well. We can learn from the young skaters, you know. Many great sporting comebacks have ended in disaster. I think of Bjorn Borg, particularly yeah. in tennis. Yeah. Do well, you worry about is, that? No, no. The thing is, uh, I haven't been out of skating for five years. You know, I kept skating as a professional. So it's not like others who just stop for 10 or 15 years and then come back. 
And the thing is, you always have to take a risk in life. You know, if you don't take a risk, you might as well just sit home and, and wait, you know, and or do just do nothing. And of course it is a risk, but I don't really see it. I feel like through this year of training and everything I'm doing, I'm gaining a lot, you know, through experience. And I'll just try as hard as possible. And if I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. I still have two Olympic titles, you know. Do you believe deep inside that you will make it? Yeah. Well, deep inside, I hope, first of all, I make the qualification to get into the Olympics, you know. Many people are saying you're too old as a skater to win again. You know, that's another thing. You know, never anybody should feel too old for anything, especially women, you know. I mean, there is this experience. All of a sudden now, I started to think about my age, and I'm only 27. Actually, most of skaters as an amateur stopped when they were 19 or 20 and turned pro. I skated until 22, and then I turned pro. So I was almost, or I was the oldest at this time. And I think you, you grow and you learn a lot when you get older. I mean, of course, it's different when you're 15 or when you're 27. But why don't just let me try it, and then we'll see what's going to happen, you know. But I just don't understand how many people can say something up front, you know, instead of saying, yeah, well, we'll see what's going to happen. And the part is really for women and that people always say they are too old for anything, which is ridiculous. Uh, there was one report you saying... You really read everything about me, huh? Yeah, <laughs> research, saying that you won everything you did through drugs. How did you feel about that? What? That, that was one article I read said that everything you won was through, through this drugs. Is, this things. is ridiculous. Absolutely. I mean, I've done all my drug tests and uh, everything was clean and mm. it is ridiculous. I mean, look at women who took drugs and how their body looks like, and I'm having a very feminine body, so... There would have been any question for me if they would have asked me. I never would have taken it, mm. I mean, seriously. How do you feel about drugs in sport? I think it's bad. I really think it's bad, but I think it's a big circle. You know, I mean, it starts out that people want to see higher jumps, want to see... Athletes running faster, you know, I think the blame is last at the athletes because they have so much pressure from the press, you know, who always say, well, who's going to win it and who's going to have a world record? Or by companies who are setting out money to say you get this and this if you make a new world record. Or people coming into the stadium and are not satisfied with just a winner. They want to see a world record. And I think you have to stop it there, you know, and and... Somewhere there is an end for a human body, you know. I mean, you cannot run six seconds, you know, for 100 meter, or I don't know what the hell is this. Have People have to start to enjoy the sport more and not going so much for the highest, fastest, you know, those kind of things. Have you seen any evidence of drugs in ice skating at all? No, not at all, mm. no. Do you think it's sort of managed to escape that then? Because athletics is, of course, quite... It's very athletic skating, mm. you know, but um, I don't know. I don't know anybody who, I mean, there was never anything happened like this. And I think skating, of course, is a different sport as well. Like for women, it is beautiful and feminine. And uh, I mean, I'm not an expert on it. I think mm. it's more for a short term of stuff, you know, like running. I have no idea. I have no clue to mm. tell the truth. I just think it has to be stopped because young people ruin their bodies, you know. I mean, they never know what's going to happen when you're 30 years old or 35, what's going to happen to your body. 
I mean, the nature of the sport is to be better than anybody and to win and to be faster. And it's hard to stop something unnatural, like now to say in skating, don't do so many triples. You cannot say this, you know. I mean, things are improving naturally, so you cannot stop it. But, of course, there is somewhere an ending, you know. But I don't think drugs is the solution to everything, to be mm. faster than anybody. It shouldn't be, definitely. Mm. I mean, there should be actually more tests out there to stop it. Drugs aside, anyway, um, it does seem that controversy does follow you quite a bit. Yeah, uh, and it why makes do you it think, interesting. <laughs> why do you think it is that you're so subject to controversy? Well, I don't know. First of all, probably because I was interesting. I was coming from another world, you know, this think quotes behind the iron curtain and it was funny because the way I got treated afterwards was totally different as well you know in Germany I had a hard time for two years now everything is wonderful when you say Again, afterwards after what after, after the wall came down and in America for instance I was a symbol of freedom you mm. know all of a sudden there's this East German girl coming from behind the iron curtain being totally successful in America and America actually became a really second home for me having endorsements there, being a celebrity beside the sports. So what the thing is probably, I'm not just the skater, which I found is interesting, and I never be just want to be put into a draw and say, this is the skating. You know, I like doing things beside. And I think it's it's more interesting if you're controversy. You know, I mean, why should be just be nice? And, and I don't know. You've been you, described as the most beautiful sportswoman in the world. Do, oh do you God. think that's why oh you God. attract so much attention? Well, you saw me without makeup. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, the truth is, I mean, seriously, the truth is when I was an amateur inside myself, I suffered for this by people saying, you know, she only has to step on the ice and she won already. I mean, I trained hard to get there where I was, and I won the competitions because I was better than the others. You oh, know? yes, I don't think I mean, of course, no, 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 but a lot of times it turned out like, well, she's beautiful and she wins because she's beautiful. And I really suffered through this, and, and I really felt I was hurt by it, you know, but... Did you ever wish you were less beautiful then? No, no, I never wished this. I mean, I was happy and I was glad, you know, I mean... My parents just hit it at the perfect time. <laughs> hit what? Um, so, and it's, you know, it's it's wonderful. But mm. still, I mean, I don't think about myself. I'm the most beautiful athlete. This is ridiculous. I have my mistakes on my body and in my skin and everything, you know. But Are you saying you're not happy with the way you look? Yeah, yeah. There could be things better and could be things worse as well, but... So what would you change? Uh, you and a lot of things are made up, you know, like if you do a, a photo session, you, you put makeup on and hair, and it takes two hours or one and a half hours to turn me into I this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I don't know, and it would be boring to be perfect anyway, you know, so what the hell. What would you change if you could? What would I change? I would definitely change my butt and my legs. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be a slimmer uh, yeah. Katerina. Yeah. Well, it's because of the athletic and everything. You know, you build it up, of course. Besides, I'm still not perfect, you know. Mm. You say you don't like the emphasis on your appearance and everything else. but No, I, I didn't at this point. I mean, I enjoy it more now. I think I feel much more comfortable But now. you do a lot of modeling and so on, don't you? Well, I do some stuff beside now. I do modeling, and it's because I feel more comfortable with everything, mm. you know. 
But what I hated at this point was that people would say, you know, she would win the competition because of her look. This is what really hurt me, you know, because I didn't work seven hours a day. And then someone says things like that, you know. Do you get hurt or do you become immune to that after a while? Oh, it gets to me, of course. Our critics always get to me. Of course it does, you know, when you read stuff in the papers which aren't true and you feel like someone totally quoted me wrong and... And the thing is, too, if you print something, you know, the way you say it sometimes, it makes it happen. You mean it totally differently. You know, I like ironical stuff. So you would say something, you make it with a twinkle in your eyes, so you mean it totally differently. But when you write it down, it's different. You know, like if you not write down at the end, she was laughing about it. So it stands differently. Or if just stuff comes up, you know, and, and it really bothers me if, if it gets into my private life. You know, I mean, profession is one thing. Uh, and some things to tell about my private life is another thing because people want to know, but there's still a part, you know, I just want to keep for myself. Why should I share everything with the whole world? To what extent have you been intruded upon? Do you, do people go to great lengths to capture you privately? Oh, oh yeah, once. You know, you will not believe it, but there was a crayon in front of my apartment in Berlin, which is like eight floors up. And in this crayon, there were reporters with a photo and whatever, taking pictures, and I was just there because we were cleaning the apartments. just I was moving in, and my parents helped me, my parents, to, like, put new wallpaper on and all this stuff. And they even had the guts to say, you know, we're from the city where there were mistakes on the house. Actually, there was because it was raining right into my roof, so everything was wet. And I thought, oh, great, finally they do something. Yeah, how stupid I was. The next day there were the pictures in the paper and saying I had a whole entourage in my apartment, you know, cleaning and whatever. It was just my parents <laughs> helping me. And, and this was really ridiculous that someone climbs up at the window on the eighth floor and is right in front of your window and takes pictures. It is pretty incredible for a female ice skater to be so well known, isn't mm. it? Why, yeah. do you, why do you think you captured everyone's imagination? <laughs> well, I leave it up to your imagination. <laughs> do you enjoy being so famous? I mean, you know, I yeah, I enjoy that people know me not just as a skater. You know, this mm. is what I want. Me doing different things. So, like in America, you say that's sort of a celebrity status. You know, mm. I cannot say this about myself, but I enjoy it. Because there is more than skating in life anyway, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it goes beyond. But then those journalists would say, well, if she enjoys being so famous, surely she's got to expect us to be so No, curious. you know, journalists have to expect some privacy as well. I know everyone has to sell something, you know, of course, papers have to sell their papers. And I respect this totally, but there are journalists like this and like this, you know, there are differences in journalists. I mean, I... Actually, I have some really good friends as journalists through the last couple of years I met and I did interviews with, and I felt like I really can trust them. And they're friends of mine, you know, and they never would say things about me where they think she doesn't feel comfortable about it. But there are journalists who are looking for gossip, you know, which I understand as well, but when I read it in the paper, then I don't understand it anymore, you Mm -hmm. know, because there are things... I mean, I'm just a natural human being as well, beside my profession and beside everything else, you know. When they do write things about your private life, does it influence your private life? Do you say meet somebody and think, I better not it's go out with them? It's difficult, yes, yeah. it does. You know, like, I don't have a boyfriend right now, or I don't have a man I'm going out with seriously. So 
if you have an invitation to a party, you think, can you go with a friend of yours or are you going alone? So you end up going by yourself because you're afraid that there's a new story out of there, even if you just go with a friend. Like lately, there were so many stories made up which just aren't true you know she found her new love and she's getting married again it's just sometimes actually it's married funny again. yeah it's, well because they made up a story a year ago or no half year ago that i'm getting married and sometimes it's really funny mm. you know just recently i heard in the radio oh buy this and this magazine katarina witt is getting married and i'm sitting there having breakfast and i'm like well I better get the paper and find out who I'm getting married to, you know. <laughs> so it's really funny. You must be very difficult to go out with because it's difficult yeah, to... Yeah, I'm not it, an easy woman. Probably not an easy woman to get along with. Why aren't you easy? Well, I'm very independent, you know, and I have my own mind. And Do you think because you've had everything you want over the last few years that that's made you quite demanding? I don't know if I'm quite demanding. Maybe I am. You're a bit of a prima donna sometimes. No, no, I'm not a prima donna. Not at all. <laughs> well, maybe sometimes. <laughs> well, who doesn't want to get spoiled? Huh? Tell me one woman who doesn't like to be spoiled. It's very difficult for someone in your position, though, isn't it? Because if some little boy wants your autograph, for instance, and you're having a bad day and you don't want to sign it, then it could get in the press the next day that you were... Well, most of the time, actually, I give the autographs, you know, especially when little kids are coming, you know, because they're always cute. But the the hardest thing I've found is after a show, you know, when you just finish the show and you're really tired and exhausted and then people coming to you and want autographs and stuff. This is hard for me because you just finished the show, you're sweating, you know, you just took a shower and you just want to get back home and, and relax. And then this is a tough time to handle. I'm surprised that's what you do after a show. I thought you'd want to go out because the adrenaline would be... Oh no, I'm dead. I'm dead meat after a show. <laughs> so when's the best time of the day for you? Actually, those are the evenings. Yeah, afternoons, evenings. Those are the best times mm. for me. I what? need my time in the morning to get, you know, moving. Mm -hmm. Because I'm. I think I'm a night person. You know, I'm always up until midnight or one o'clock, and I even work sometimes at night. So I mean, like shows. If you're not actually doing a show, what would you be doing of an evening if you were out? Well, when I'm in Berlin, in the evening I go practicing as well. Or I go out with friends for dinner or go into movies or I just sit at home, watch TV. Or most of the time what I actually do be on the phone. I mean, I'm probably phone sickness. <laughs> and then calling America because of the mm. time change, you know. So very often, actually, I'm on the phone until midnight. That's not a very wild lifestyle. I thought we'd have a bit more... Well, do you think I'm going to tell you all my wild life stuff? <laughs> and why not? <laughs> because. Is there a wild side to no, you? No, that's not a really wild side. I don't think so. So you're more of a stay-at-home girl than a... You know, actually, yeah. Um, when I'm home in Berlin, I really feel comfortable just being in my apartment, having maybe friends over there because of traveling so much and being on the road so much. And then when I'm traveling, I try to do a lot, you know, going into theater, seeing musicals and things, meeting people. So I like to be home and have my own things around me, have it cozy and feel home, mm. you know. And I miss this when I'm on the road. I start missing it. There was a fair amount of criticism of you for not criticizing communism in East Germany and so on when the ball came down. The thing is that I lived in sports, and sports was very protected. So I always say... I was living sort of in a bubble, you know, 
and just doing my sport, and this is what I was looking into and concentrating on and not taking care so much of what was happening around me. The thing is that when the wall came down and I said, you know, it's really exciting that the wall is coming down, I think it's great because I always felt like people should be more free than they were, but they should take their time. And they didn't understand why I said, take your time, you know. But now they realize, like a year ago, all of a sudden the politicians, they said as well, yeah, we did it too fast, we, we should have moved it more slowly. So we have to get people time to get used to the new system and everything, you know. I read that the comment which upset people most of all was that you said, well, it wasn't so bad under the old regime. That apparently is the the remark which really upset well, people. Well, the thing is, yeah, because they never were able to travel. I understand them, you know, but they have to understand my standpoint too. I, I was an athlete and I was supported for my sport. I was able to use my talent in skating and to make the best out of it, you know. And, of course, some people, they didn't feel so comfortable because they never were able to travel where they wanted to go, even though I couldn't either. You know, I couldn't just take my passport and, and go where I wanted to go. It was always only for the sport. And when the competition was finished, we had to get back the next day. So it wasn't as easy for us, you know. But there were some good things, you know, like kindergarten places and stuff, and people realizing this now and... and they try to continue it, like keep kindergarten places and stuff like that. It seems an appropriate time to go back to your very beginnings and so on. Was there any sort of athletics in your family, any sporting mm, links? No, my dad, he was a singer in a core, of course. And my mom, she was dancing in a folk group. And my right. brother, he played uh, soccer. His name is Axel. He's three years older than I am and he lives in Leipzig. And your parents still living in Germany as well? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. How do they feel about your success? Are they very supportive? Well, they were very supportive, and I'm sure they are very proud. It must have been difficult for them to cope with your success as well. Well, yeah, it was difficult, and especially that they never really were at an important competition. Like in Calgary, they never could see the Olympics or even Sarajevo in 84. They only came once to Prague or to Budapest when the competition were there. So I think for them it was sad that they never really shared my success in the other countries, you know. Mm. Now, although, as you say, uh, they weren't involved in ice skating as such, but how, so how did you get involved with it when you were very young? How young were you? Uh, I started when I was five years old. My kindergarten was close to the ice rink, and always around lunchtime we would walk over there and take a look, and I just liked it, and I was really excited about it. So I asked my parents to bring me there, and first, they didn't really have time for half a year, you know, but they told me that I was keep backing and backing them, you know. I want to start skating, and finally my mom took me there, and I started. What do you think it was about ice skating which captured your imagination? I don't really know. I just liked it. I liked it when I saw it, and I just wanted to do it, too. And when did you start getting serious about it? Well, I know now it's getting serious when... My coach took me from her, the coach I had until the end, and I still have, because I know she's always looking for the talented children. So when I was nine years or ten years, she took me, so I, I thought, wow, this is not getting serious, because I know she's only taking the best where she thinks they really could be one day a really good skater. But for me, I started to get serious after my second Europeans. It was in Göteborg. And I was 14 years old, and I remember that I was watching the 
ceremony, the medal ceremony, and I saw Annette Perch. She was from East Germany too. She won, and she was standing on the upper podium. And I was watching the ceremony. I thought, God, one day I want to be up there. And this is how I started really to get serious about it. Now, this is very young in life. I mean, people often say sports people are so devoted they miss out on a normal childhood. Would you say that's happened in your case? No. Well, you know, I've been lucky because I was successful, so I'm never ever going to miss something. But, of course, you're not able, like when you're a teenager, you cannot go three or four times into a disco or you cannot just drive away with your friends over the weekend or you cannot play with your dolls so much. So probably I miss out like this, you know. But I think sports is something really important for yourself, for young people. You know, as I see the problems right now in Germany with a lot of young people don't know where to go and what to do with them. They're losing, they, they feel like they don't know what to do anymore. You know, they don't have a goal. And I feel sport is really good to, for young people to get them off the street. You can set a goal for yourself and you can go for it and you can see success very fast, you know, because when you train hard, you move forward. So you can see a success easier than maybe somewhere else, you know. Did you always think you'd be successful? Yeah, I've, I think so. I always thought I'm going to be good. I'm trying my best and one day I'm going to be up there on the podium. What made me uh, think when you were out there with all those other people as well, do you get much jealousy from other skaters when you're so you're the big star or so? No, I don't feel like I get any jealousy of them. I think for them it was fun to have me coming in because it changed a little bit because the show has been on the road for two and a half years. And it's hard, you know, always to the same and the same. So I think for them it's fun to have someone else coming in and just do something different. But have you experienced much jealousy throughout your career at all? Well, of course there are people who are jealous, you know, and uh, see more the glamorous life of it. I mean, it's not so glamorous like people think. It's a lot. I mean, you saw it. It's a lot of hard work, you know, until you get to the beautiful dress and the nice music and the easy-looking skating. You know, it's a lot of workout before and sweating and, and frustration. I mean, you go through a lot of things. What about other girls that you come across in everyday life? Do they... Actually, you find it no. Tough for them? no, no, I mean, there are actually a lot of women and girls coming up to me and liking what I'm doing, which I really like that women come up, you know, because I found it stupid if women among each, each other are jealous, you know, they shouldn't be, they should be together, you know, and, yeah. As I say, you've done a lot for women's skating. Do you see yourself as something of a pioneer in that respect? Well, what I tried to do was uh, bring up a combination between the athletic and the artistic side, you know. I started to tell stories on the ice, not just taking your music and doing my technical stuff to it. I really started to to do emotional things, you know, trying to tell stories like Maria from West Side Story or I played Mozart one time or A Hungarian Girl or Carmen. So hopefully I, I started a new trend in my time, you know, I think I did. Do you get a lot of response from women saying how appreciative they are of all the... A lot of skating fans are a lot, yeah. I mean, mainly, yeah. You seem to be a very independent type of person. Would you agree with that? I would agree with that, yeah. I think I'm very independent. Do you never get lonely or anything? Are you always Um, so strong? Well, I do, yeah, like everyone, you know. I mean, of course you're strong and even when you're independent you get lonely. You know, especially when you're on the road a lot. And, uh, 
you finish the show and the curtain is closed and then you go back to your room and then you're alone. I mean, that's sometimes not too easy to deal with. You're in a position which lots of girls dream of. I mean, is it as exciting at the top or is it actually quite lonely at the top? It's both. It's both because you always have to come up with something new, you know, to stay up there. You, you always want to be a step ahead than everybody else and... Like, you have a lot of ideas, and sometimes it's not easy to get them through, you know, to make them happening the way you want it. And uh, it is exciting because you're able to do things you wouldn't normally not be able to, but there are both sides, you know. But I'm very happy. I mean, I'm fortunate to do a job which I really enjoy doing it and make a living out of it. Do you worry what people think of you? No, not really. I, I did, but now I don't worry so much anymore. I try to go my own way and, like... Years ago, I tried just to please everybody, and I found out it's impossible. Everyone always have will have a different opinion, and I finally started to be happy with the things I wanted to do and not trying to please everybody. You know, there will be always somebody who sometimes doesn't like it, what I do, so I respect this, you know. Sometimes you give the impression people are quite frightened of you. Would you can you see that? No, people are not frightened. And why should they be frightened? I'm not going to bite around. I mean... <laughs> It's ridiculous. It's just because, you know, like me, when I meet someone, another star, I think he is a big star, and I'm so excited to meet him. So I'm not frightened, but I'm, like, speechless, and you look up to, to him or her, and but it's not frightened, you know, you cannot say it's frightened. Tell us about the real Katerina Witt compared to what perhaps people think of you. What do you really like? How do you describe yourself? I don't know. I, don't, I cannot describe myself. Seriously, I mean, it's impossible. What do you think are your nice points and what are your bad points? I'm a very impatient person, you know. Everything, if I have an idea, it has to be done yesterday, mm -hmm. you know. So this is a really bad part, that I'm very impatient because I always want to do a perfect job. I expect people around me that they do a perfect job as well, you know, that things get done the way I want it. So probably I'm very picky, you know kind of things but um, they're gutsy you know if I want something really bad I really try to get it can you give me an example of that outside of skating uh, well outside of skating I'm not gutsy I mean this is more for the skating you know if I have to go out there and if I have to do it I do it you know if I really must like in a competition or if I have a lot of pressure I'm not always skating perfect, you know. There's sometimes a time where you don't feel like... Are you quite a romantic person, would you say? Uh, yeah, I can be, of course. <laughs> what do you do with all these uh, flowers that you get every night? I don't get flowers every night, but <laughs> I'll put them in my room or I'll put them here. I, just, I love flowers, so mm. I always like to have flowers around me. Do you think you'll make a good mother one day? Probably. I think I could be a really good mother. Yeah, I'm sure. I think I would be very loving and caring and giving a lot of warmth to the kid. I think so. And do you think uh, you would encourage your children to go into skating? No, I would encourage a child to do something, but I never would push it, you know, mm. to like make sure that she does it. You have to like what you're doing, even though sometimes I think you have to be pushed to your luck. You know, and especially sport, where you need a lot of discipline and you, you need to have some kicks once in a while, you know, because it can be a torture, you know, and who is going freely through a torture, you know. 
How is your relationship with your parents now? It's fine. It's really good. I mean, we really have a good relationship. And how, much, how often do you see them? Well, they try to visit me all the time they can. You know, like here I have been flying into England or when I'm at home, they try to visit me in Berlin or they just come and try to see me. You know? mm. Now, talking of England, we have uh, one or two ice skating stars not quite the same stature as you. What do you think about British ice skating? Well, British ice skating, I mean, really breakthrough was Torval and Dean, you know, and I always admired them and respected them for their work because they have really changed ice dancing in their time, you know, and afterwards with Chris doing a lot of choreography for other couples, you know. So I think they really opened up the sport in England. Right. I mean, Robin Cousins, he was a great skater. He still is. And John Curry. John Curry, well, he, of course, yeah. I mean, he brought a lot of class and classical type, you know, into the skating. Mm. I mean, I never really knew him very well because he was, like, so much of my time ahead. But just through old tapes and other people talking about him, I know he, he was a great skater. How long do you think you will carry on skating for now, or you have no idea? I have no idea. I just think one year ahead, you know, I'll see how this year's going. And there are still so many things I want to achieve in skating, and so many things I want to do with the skating. What do you, would you say is the highlight of your career and life so far? Well, in skating, it was definitely the competition in Cincinnati, the Worlds in 97, and the Olympics in 88 in Calgary. And besides, there's so many highlights in my life. Sometimes it's a shame you don't, you cannot really recall them because so many things are happening. Like last four, five years, you can say that every day was different than the other day. And so many things happen in my life. You meet so many interesting people. Or doing this movie, Carmen and Ice, I mean, was just one of the greatest experiences I had. So there is a lot. What about disasters? Have you had any disasters that you'd uh, rather forget? Well, there were disasters, but I think all those disasters are important in your life, you know. It always can't go just straight up the hill. I think out of those disasters, you learn your lesson. So what was the worst thing that ever happened to you? I almost killed myself a couple months ago yeah. with a mountain bike. I almost fell down the mountain right into a river, and I just hardly was like keeping myself on the edge. It was a really dangerous experience. Where was that? In Austria once in November. It's been a little time ago. How injured were you? Well, I was, I was injured like on my lower back and stuff. I mean, it turned out I really had luck. Yeah. It could have been really worse. I mean, the, the bike went right down into the water, and it wasn't really water. It was just stones, you know, just yeah. little water going through. So, I mean, it could have been really the worst. If I would have fallen down there, I never would have survived it. Did you think that was it? Did you think your career was over? At this point, not. But later on in the afternoon, like two or three hours later, you know, I all of a sudden I turned totally pale, and I thought, oh, my God. I mean, I just... You have to go to hospital. No, I didn't. Well, I had to go to a doctor, but yeah. I didn't have to go to a hospital. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the greatest tribute you've been paid? Well, things are wonderful, like if spectators come up to you and say how much you changed their life as well, or how much you helped them. Because, I mean, very often you struggle with yourself and you think, why the hell am I doing this? You know, is it very productive or should I do something different? But then you get letters from people like two years ago when the 
war in the Gulf started and we thought, well, should we do the show or shouldn't we? And we did the show at the same evening when the, the Gulf War started. And then a week later, I, I got a letter from a woman saying that her husband went into the war and that she watched the show and it helped her to go to go through all those sadness and, and unhappiness and she watched the show and she was uh, happy to see it, you know, and then it took her away for a little while. I mean, those are kind of things... It really helps you and then tells you, yeah, I'm doing the right thing because I help other people go through their problems and help them going through their lives, you know, or other things. I mean, there was a kid, she was like in the last moment of living, and I mean, she was dying, actually, and she watched the tape from Brian and me, what we did at a TV special, you know. She watched this tape while she was dying. I mean, this, those are things, and her mother sent us this letter, and these are very emotional things, you know, that, that people put so much hope and, and things, ideas and dreams into our sport. It must make you feel very responsible, doesn't it? It does, it mm -hmm. really does. I mean, if you read things like this, it really makes you feel responsible. Are you quite religious? No, not at all. No. No. Funny question to ask after that. What's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you? <laughs> Once my, my skating dress in Paris slipped down and one of my boobs fell out, and this was <laughs> the most embarrassing on the ice. Um, especially they kept the pictures and gave it out right before the Olympics, yeah. saying that those are my costumes, so mm. I tried to seduct the, the mm. judges, which was ridiculous. It mm. was in an exhibition like three months before, and the problem was I never tried the costumes because I was in a rush and I had no time to try it, so I put it on and it was supposed to be like a corsage, you mm. know. Yeah. And instead of stripes, which are stable, I put elastic on it, so just to hold it up. And I forgot that elastic, of course, is moving, you know. So while I was doing the spin, the dress kept sliding down more and more. And this was just so embarrassing. I pulled it back up and I, in the last minute of the program, I never took my arms up again. <laughs> I just tried to finish it and get off. A lot of celebrities are offered lots of money to pose naked for magazines. Yeah. Have you ever been asked to do that? I've been asked to do it, but I always refuse to do it. How much have you been offered? A lot of money. Have you? Quite a lot of money, yeah. And why have you refused? Uh, because there was no reason for me to do it, you know. Mm. Why should I pose naked for a magazine? Is there a price that... Uh... No, I think there are things in life that wouldn't be any price for me, mm. what they would pay and I would do it, you know. Do you have many ambitions outside of skating? Yeah, I'm very much interested in doing my own skating things, mm -hmm. like we're planning to do a fairy tale on the ice where mm -hmm. I'm involved in writing it and, and or getting the people together in choreography and finding music and doing music for it. So all those kind of things where you start from the scratch, this is what I'm interested mm -hmm. in. So all the, the other things I've done with the skating shows I've done and movies, I learned a lot out of it, you know, so to be able one day to do my own stuff. What about away from skating? I mean, do you have any plans to climb Mount Everest or to, no, I don't know, no. anything? Well, I, one day I want to, if I'm able, if I have time, to travel around the world, you know, right. just to see places I've never been to. I've never been to Africa and just South America, places, and and. and especially somewhere where no one have been before or mm. people go but there's mm. no civilization you know just the beauty of the country and the world and the earth I would like to see you know the, the untouched country you're quite an environmentalist then very much yeah right. I'm very much involved into the environment and mm. actually I have my own foundation which is called Global Alliance Arts and Science where scientists and artists and athletes work together on a project to make people more aware 
of the environment, you know. And the new thing here is that scientists work together with us where they tell us where the problem is because very often they see it before, but no one knows them so well. So if they say something, somehow it gets lost. So us as artists, we say us to talk about it and tell it so people would be more aware of it, you know. And we're planning a big congress next year in Berlin about it. What is your idea of bliss? What would be your perfect situation? You know, there are little things which really make me happy. Like just like one day I was in a place which was really beautiful somewhere in the middle of the mountain. It was actually in the middle of nowhere. Only just a friend's house was there. And I would like get up early in the morning, like 6.30, which was really early. And the sun just came up and I was would sit there and in a white, cozy bath robe, you know, and sip your coffee and look, the sun coming up. And those are things I really enjoy, you know, and you feel like at this point, wow, this is life. And actually, it was an area where, like, antelopes were and elks, you know, so you would have breakfast and watch the antelopes, which is so beautiful. And those are moments I would like to have more often. What is your dearest wish for the future? The dearest wish that, well first as egoistic I am hopefully stay healthy to be able to do things I really want to do and a more peaceful world because it's really bothering me what's going on right now if I look Croatia and Serbia or Iraq or Russia you know I just Somalia I mean it just can say any point of the world that there are so many things which are wrong you know and I think we have only one earth and why don't people come together, you know, and, and why do we always have to fight against each other? That's what really bothers me. The poorness in so many parts of the world where other parts are so rich and so much of everything, you know. And, and for you, a more personal wish? That I'm always going to be able to do what I like to do, you know, that I enjoy the job I'm doing and that my personal life is going to turn out the way... I would be happy with, just probably wishes everyone has, you know, Mm. (laughs) to be healthy, to have the family around and to have good friends and to have a job you like.